With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Episode 373, After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Care to finish this statement? We need accountable people. If we sit people, we're punishing them. Hold off on that thought for a second. I just wanted to kind of bring something up before we dive into, you know, uh, the game last night and uh, just the overall situation. Um, It was interesting. I just listened to you. Um, We just jumped on the pod. We haven't really even said hi to each other. You just kind of press play. Hi. And uh, you seem like you're in a good mood, which, which is always great. I love it. But I, I, uh, I, I'm, I, I sit here this morning and, uh, I woke up early, you know, I was up around six o'clock and, uh, you know, had a, had two coffees already, took my kids to school, um, came back just obviously on, on the internet, listening to, you know, the press conferences and stuff like that. Well, that's reading. why you're in the mood you're in. No, I'm I, not. You know why was, I haven't been on the internet yet today. Yeah. I, I think it was beyond that. It was before that. Like I was sitting there, I thinking to myself this morning, um, you know, after I did watch Don Granado's press conference last night and, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you've ever watched family guy, you know, when Pete Griffin grabs his eyes and he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I know the way I feel. I know the way I feel right now. Like, I mean, it, it, it's it's interesting how this, I don't even know why it is weighing on me so much. I don't know why I did not sleep very well last night. Um, I wake up this morning. I am not in the greatest of moods. Um, well, it doesn't help that we know, we know some of the people that we have to talk about. True. Very much. That, that makes very it hard. Much so, which uh, is, like is I've, wearing. I've yep. heard, I've heard, uh, I've heard there are some very pissed off people um, within the hockey ops department, if you can even call it that. 
um, for some of my comments the other day. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe part of it is the fact that, that, you know, we we're closer to it than most people are. Yeah. So it makes well, it harder. Playing, it makes it playing harder for the Sabres, you. being part of the organization, um, playing a very long time in the league and knowing exactly how these players are feeling. I know exactly how these players are feeling. Um, well, we also understand how our fan base is feeling. Well, that's, that's the thing. I've been on the other side of it for 12 years now. Um, and I, and I, I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of the game. I'm not a player anymore. Uh, I'm a fan of the game, but just, uh, I was thinking this morning, you know, listening to some, some interviews and stuff like that after the game. And you can just see that, uh, you know, I, I know these guys care. I know every single friggin' one of them care. I know every single one of them care. I know Don Granato cares and his coaching staff care. And I know I feel, th- that I feel the management bad. care. I felt bad watching Kyle last night, watching Kyle Oposo have to speak on behalf of this team and this franchise. I felt bad for him. I can I was watching and I was like, oh my God. This poor, this poor guy, not poor guy, you know what I mean? I just mean like, yeah. like no one's feeling sorry for a guy who's who's made as much money as he has and he's playing a game for his and you know, for a living. But from the professional standpoint of it. That's that's very hard for him to have to do. Yeah. And you could yeah, see I'm it. sure you, there's you, pressure. You don't think Kyle was excited to be the come back and be the captain of maybe a good team here in Buffalo? Very much. Like like that's what I see. I see a guy who's like this is I'm almost done. This is my fucking legacy. It's not his fault. It has nothing to do with him. Just sorry, I, I'm totally taking away from your point. No, I'm no, I, it's kind of just kind of to the point that I'm, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of fans right now that uh, have lost some sleep and and uh, kind of hold, you know, the way the team is playing, you know, deep deep down in their soul. But at the same time, what I'm trying to get at is, you know, what I mean, the players on this team. Are, are certainly not trying to lose games. The coaching staff is doing everything that they possibly can to find solutions, whether it's through video, whether it's through, you know, discussion, whether it's through just trying to find positives in a very, very dark um, situation. And uh, they're not going to quit. I know they're not going to quit. There is absolutely no quit. Um, but there needs to be changes. There needs to be some sort of change. The problem is every night it's the tale of two teams. We get the team that we get down for nothing. And then we get the team that makes it four, three. That's, that's yeah, what but we get. I mean, that's, that's what we get. And a, they do it to themselves. Can I stop? You, know? you stop you for just one second. Sure. Um, There's been a large number of games in the last little while that, that this team is, that has gotten down in the first period whether it's two goals, three goals, you know, it, it, it it's happened. Like Rasmus Dahlin, the entire game was, was Detroit playing a structured, fast brand of hockey that waited for their opportunities and they capitalized. Rasmus Dahlin did not score a power play goal until the 19th minute of the second period. So to sit there and say, 
that, oh, we got a way different team in the third period. Do you know that the coach, do you know that how many games are in the NHL a year? 82. You know, because you've been through it a lot, you know how demanding an NHL season is, correct? So what you do when you're up 4 nothing? What do you do as a coach that knows that he has games coming up later on in the week and you're up for nothing? What do you do? Start to play the other guys a little more. What other guys? The other guys. The other guys that may not play as much as your the top guys two that lines, your top four in 14 minutes. Right. And the guys that and play 19 to 22. I'm talking forwards. Yes. Start to play a little bit more. You start to balance out the defense. Just a little, a little bit, bit more. more. Not a whole a... lot more, but just a little bit more where you have the ability to kind of say, I don't need to put these guys on the ice because we're up for nothing. And we can kind of, I wouldn't say that this is not the right terminology, coast, but Detroit coasted. They didn't press. Right, all of a sudden, That's you're, you're sure. going to tell me. They stopped pressing. How about that? They stopped playing. They didn't yeah, need to they... play. Rasmus Dahlin scored a goal in the last minute of the second period. Oh, we got a chance here. No, you don't have a goddamn chance here. Is it, it's they have to score four goals in the third or the third period to win. Do you think that's going to happen in the NHL? San Jose did it last night against the okay. Islanders. Exactly, but it may happen only a couple a couple times of year. Um, but Detroit was in no problem. You know, listen, I mean, the Sabres outshot them 14 to six. Oh, they played awesome. If they can only play like that. Well, that's because Detroit stopped playing. They just sat back. They were covering a three goal lead. They changed their style. Everybody's talking about fucking Jeff Skinner because he got a golden assist in the third period. Are you shitting me? Go and watch his oh, first two oh. goddamn periods. No, I'm, I'm, uh, listen, I listened, man, I listened if, to if something Adams, this morning. If, oh, listen. Jeff Skinner was, uh, really, was really great, uh, in the third period there. I'm like, I just said to you three days ago, Jeff Skinner, if he does not score a goal or add an assist, he is literally the worst guy in the ice because listen, he from the top is of the only circles, a point producer from the top of the circles in the offensive zone down to the net with or without the puck guys. Unbelievable. Very good. Very talented. Like no I mean, question. But I mean, if you could if you, listen, that's all he is. On the other side of the red line, and that being the center ice line, I don't I wouldn't even go there. Offensive blue line. Offensive blue line <laughs> to your zone. All the way to your goal net. From the offensive blue line to your goal net. Oh, you he know is what, the man? worst player on the if, ice. Every single night. And, and, oh, oh, it's undeniable. And you, know what, you know what's amazing is I was sitting here the other day and I was thinking about how I felt like I missed a thought in my rant in episode 371, by the way. And everyone's like, oh, Kruger was the worst coach. And I'm not saying he was a good coach, but Kruger had Skinner on the fourth line, wouldn't even play him. You know why? Because he doesn't listen. Just like John Tortorella sat Joel Farabee because he doesn't listen. Jeff Skinner does not does not give a shit about the defensive zone. Actually, I don't even know if he doesn't give a shit. I just don't think he even realizes that it it requires some thinking. Yeah. So, so he had him on the fourth line. You know why? You know why? Because every time he's on the ice, he's a defensive liability. Yes. Yep. And then all of a sudden. Kruger goes, 
Granado puts him in there, and he goes on fire offensively. Basically since then. Yeah, basically since then. And then, and, but it is drastically exposing his deficiencies and his deficiencies are, they outweigh his offense. I'm sorry, because that's, that's, not, that's where I'm going with this. That it, is it, a, You just hit it on the, on the head. I was looking at Don Granato. I was looking at him throughout his, his uh, presser last night. God, it's got to be tough. You know, someone, someone asked him about, you know, being accountable. Like, what do you mean being accountable? And he said that we, you know, Don said that they have a lot of accountable people in the room. And Don said, I can't take ice away because then I would be punishing them. I do believe we have accountable people. I can take ice away, but then I would be punishing them. So let me, let me, let me. Is that just, not the point? But hold on. It's my whole point. So I, I read an article. This is like literally like a week ago. There's a player in Philadelphia, and I've already talked about this. John Tor- Tortorella has a standard that is so high in Philadelphia right now. Now, that being said, I would have thought, just me, I would have thought Philadelphia would have been a bottom feeder this year. They traded away their two top defensemen. Okay. Traded away their two top defensemen. They got rid of Kevin Hayes, which was their top forward last year. Okay. They gave away, gave away their three top offensive players last year. Tortorella comes, changes the culture. There's a player named Fabry who's the third leading point producer on the team, only played 56 seconds in the game. He played the first shift. They got scored on. They asked Torts. They said, why did he only play 56 seconds? And Torts' reply in his presser at the end of the game was, he didn't listen. Now, here's the thing. You're sitting there, you're thinking to yourself, well, that's kind of bullshit. The kid had one shift, he made a mistake, and he gets sat for it? Is that is that what we're talking about here? And the answer is, that's exactly what we're talking about here. And I'll, I'm going I'm to explain to you why. It wasn't just about Joel Farabee. It wasn't just about him not listening it was about Torts sending a message to the entire fucking team yeah. that if you do not do what I say, if you do not do what's best for the team, you will not play on this well, team. Don Granado basically said last night he will not sit players because that's punishing them. Yeah, you don't want to punish God them. God damn right. You know who should have been sitting on the bench? Uh, and I've seen power on power. You keep pushing, you keep moving forward. How many times have we heard that in the last 15 games? We're going to keep finding solutions War. we're going to do this. We're going to work on some video tomorrow, Paul. And uh, we're going to, you know, talk to the players. The same shit is happening. 
the same shit is happening because the players group are a, allowed a group one group two and then he didn't even know who was on the other group he's like who did i have on that uh that other group there like that's like come on man come on come on you know if the, is the team fat fragile he was asked is the is the team fragile is the team and his answer was is the team fragile or are they vulnerable well what the hell does that mean yes oh, they're yeah, vulnerable because vulnerable. they're all these words it's, it's, being there's tossed a soft, around. There's a softness to the team. If you don't know your X and O's by game 26 of the season, oh my Lord. Now, yes, this team has had some, some injuries. Tage Thompson, devastating loss. No question about it. Absolutely devastating. When you lose your best player, that's that's Sidney Crosby on Pittsburgh. That's Nate McKinnon on Colorado. That's Connor McDavid on Edmonton. And, and you can go on and on and on. When you lose that player, it is extremely hard for any team to try and, 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 and fit a person into that position to take over. So that was a huge loss. I don't want to sit here and talk about Zemgus Gergensen being a huge loss. Okay. Jordan Greenway is a third line left winger. Yes, he does kill penalties. And yes, he did do a good job at the start of the season. But there is there has to be players that that can take that that position. He's a I third can't bring line. him back if he doesn't actually if he doesn't show up from here on out and be the most physical and fierce player on the team, he's basically just as useful as Jost. Thousand percent agree. Jordan Greenway, after every single whistle, in between the whistle, after the whistle, should be the biggest dickhead, most feared guy on the ice. He should literally just go around and try and scare the shit out of guys. This team, this league is is not the same as what it used to be. Jordan Greenway is a big physical guy and when he's hitting and grinding and if he can add I don't know that he is physical. If he can add a physical angry nature to him, like I'm talking after uh, after whistles, you got a guy that shoves your player then that 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 is your calling card to go over there and and beat some beat some ass. That's it. This guy should be skating around like he's the toughest guy in the league. Because they don't have any swagger. They don't have, like, I'm not saying that they don't have toughness on this team. Like, they they have guys that will fight, that will stick up for each other. They're just lacking, they're lacking, um, like, a swagger to them. They're, they're lacking it in off the offensive part of the game. They're lacking it. They don't have no idea. There is no swagger on defense because they have no fucking idea what they're doing. They're all super insanely offensive guys that just want to cheat in the defensive zone and cheat on the back check. Hence, go look at go look at Skinner. Go look at every single shift he's had this year and go watch him back check. If you want to, to literally be puking at the end of it, go and watch the way Jeff Skinner plays defense. Go watch how he plays from the offensive blue line into the zone. There is no urgency. There is no back check. There is no aggression towards it. It's just, ah, I'm just going to float around, do the 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 Alf doll intended to there with his little skates, figure skates, and then all of a sudden, boom, when he gets it on offense, kid's unbelievable. Kid's world-class. Kid's very, very talented offensively. But the problem is 
the amount that he has the puck on his stick throughout a game might be 30 seconds. I want you to I want you to understand this in your head. Jeff Skinner's on the ice. He plays probably around 18 to 18 and a half minutes a game. In those 18 and a half minutes, he might, and I say might, have the puck on his stick for 30 seconds at the most. Minute tops. No, 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 no. Not even fucking close to a minute. And I'm going to tell you why. Back in back in like 2000, they did a statistic on the top players in the Olympics that had the puck on their stick. Do you know who was number one? Joe Sackick at a minute and two, and he played 20 minutes, 20 minutes. He had the puck on his stick a minute and two seconds. Everybody else is around 20 seconds, 30 seconds, 40 seconds. The top guy in the Olympics had the puck on his stick for a minute and two seconds in, in a when he played 20 minutes. Jeff Skinner does not touch the puck. He's very intelligent offensively to know where to be on the ice, to tip pucks, um, get shots on net. He's a beautiful playmaker. No question about it. That's not a $9 million guy. My $9 million guy has so much more intangibles that go with his game that we're not getting enough. I'm not saying... Yes, Jeff Skinner is one of our best offensive players. It is undeniable. I'm not I'm not saying that he's not. But that's not winning us game. Offense is not winning us games. Like I'm watching last night the body language on JJ Paterka. When things aren't going well, it's not good. It's losing after losing after losing after losing. No better, I don't place like for, no better place for an 18-year-old than this. Although he Listen, is a fucking don't even don't even a go there, spot. man. He's a bright spot. He's a goddamn son. He's not a bright spot. He's literally the son. He had more scoring ch- chances than most guys on the team. Didn't he say he didn't works. belong. I just said no better place for an 18-year-old than in this environment right now. Well, by the I'll way, the Minnesota this, Wild, it's, I, it's, it's the, the one thing Wild. that I believe in right now. It's the one thing I believe in is the decision to keep Zach Benson here. And I was the last person on the planet that said that he should be staying here. But let me tell you, watching him play every single night, he is he gives an effort every single solitary shift. His forecheck, his back check, the way he digs in the corners, he's going to the front of the net. He's go- he had multiple uh, shots on net, clear-cut uh, grade-A uh, chances. The kid's an unbelievable hockey player. I just, I just don't want to tarnish this kid and 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 put him in a no situation no that he just, just thinks losing normal. Me? No, he's just staying in his lane, going out, playing hard every day. Guarantees on the ice all the time. He's soaking this all in. There's this is nothing to do with him. That's the best part about all this. He has no pressure on him. None. Quick note, longest road win streaks to begin a season in NHL history. You know how many games it is? Ten. You know who holds the record? LA Kings. No, they tied the record. So they hold the record. No, they have tied the record. So they hold the record. No, they tied the record. They will hold the record if they win. And hold the current record at 10 games. Winning on the road. 
Yeah, do you so know, they hold the record. You just don't want to hide. Get it. <laughs> you just you are <laughs> such an asshole. Yeah, there there's but, something else right now. Um, tied with the 0607 Buffalo Sabers. Really? Yeah. Jeez, good for them. Yeah. We ha- we tied the league record that year for most wins to start the season. We were ten and zero. What are what is Kevin Adams' options right now after twenty six games? What what is he thinking right now? What are his options? Doesn't have many. Now is Kevin Adams' option to fire Donganato? Would that be one? It's been working for Minnesota, but sometimes that's not the right move. Well, it certainly worked for Edmonton. They're on a four-game heater right now. Yeah, Edmonton. So that is that is a possibility, right? That is that is a possibility, number one, that he could fire Don Granato. No. I don't agree with it at all. At all. No, that would be no. that would be a scapegoat. Oh, let's just fire the coach because he's not getting it yeah. done. Bullshit. That is not the right move right now. Don Granado needs a team that he can work with. And he's trying. Believe me, he's trying with a whole bunch of young guys that just have never been in this situation before because they're so young. And the guys that have been here, they've been in this hellhole of losing for so long that they don't know how to get out of it either. Well, there's got to be somebody over at Harbor Center that Kevin can hire to fix this. Option number two, alleviate the situation. Spark the room by making a trade. Now, you know as well as I do that this is not going to be a major trade because major trades do not happen at this time of the year. Teams are not sitting there lining up to make trades at this time of the year, but there can be a trade. Maybe not something that's crazy significant, but it's going to spark the room when the, when the, when the players wake up this morning and they drag themselves out of bed because they're so heavy because there's so much pressure draining down on them that when you get to the rink and someone says, Holy shit, we made a trade. Now you have everybody's spice senses are tingling. Who, who who's coming? Really? What's going on? You don't think so? Oh, yeah. they're, I think they're going to be upset. No, they're, they weren't the ones shipped they're, out. You know what? That's the whole fucking point. Yeah, well, That's the whole point. One of their buddies, because the room is so tight right no, now. And I it's mean, such like a friendly environment that they but, weren't the one they're jealous. No, that's not true. That's well, not true. Uh, okay. Well, this is, yeah, it's gotta be fun coming to the rink. It isn't fun coming to the rink, but they need something done. You cannot continue. You cannot continue like this. There needs to be some sort of, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta pop the, uh, you know, there's just like the big elephant in the room. And that's, that's that, that losing, you know, feeling coming to the rink there needs to be some sort of spark what are you gonna do either you're firing it's like edmonton oilers fired their coach after how many games you don't need to minnesota wild minnesota wild the players loved that coach 
They loved that coach. And right now, those players, it's on them that that, that, that coach got fired. How many players on our team right now here in Buffalo are underachieving? Almost the entire team. Darlene is still playing like an absolute, like he's a rock star. It's disgusting how good he is. It's mind-blowing how good he is. But, I mean, there's other players that are struggling, that are not playing well on the back end. You can name almost all of them. That's not good. You have goaltending that is not up to standard. Luka Pekalukanen has a lot of good games this year. He's played very well. Let's not um, put this on, on goaltending at all, please. Please. Comrie doesn't need to hear that shit. This is not on Eric Comrie. This is well, not on it's not on Lukanen. It's not on Levi. Levi's situation is not even on Levi. It's not even on on his performances. Nothing to do with them. Yeah. It's everything to do with with how he was handled. Okay, so have we finished the results of what can Kevin do, Kevin's options? The third and final one, Petey. One being Fargonato, which I think is horseshit. Two would be making a move, making a trade, doing something to give a tiny little spark to this hockey team. Okay? And some people are like, well, that's not going to do very much. It's going to do something. It's always exciting when you have a trade or something happen. It sparks the team. It lets players know that you are not safe. You need to perform. This is a performance-based league. You have to fucking perform or you are on the hot seat. Well, you don't even have to ship anybody out. You can just trade some picks or assets or uh, like uh, a prospects that's not even on the roster. Yeah, you you could basically take a person who's on the roster and send send them down and put them on waivers. Let someone else pick him up because he's not doing it here. Go, go make a trade. Like I, I, I hear me out. My, I'm going to make a point on, on the second one, the trades thing. And the third one that they can do is basically just do the status quo. Basically just do exactly what they've been doing. The first 26 games, trying to watch video, have meet uh, meetings and discussions and hope that, the team can get healthy and hope that they can kind of turn things around. So like, you know, are they going to make the playoffs right now? Oh my God. I mean, that's the last thing in our, in the, our minds that the fan base is thinking about. We're thinking about how can this team string two good games together? How about that? Let's start with that. And that's maybe the mindset of small victories over a long period of time. You know when you're out in the ice and you take a big check and the next day you feel all sore and you don't feel well? But when you're injured in a car crash, don't let the insurance company skate off without paying what you deserve. Call Salino at 800-555-5555. Want to win big with your team? Do it at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Bet on all your favorite sports, games, and fights, including pro football, hockey, college sports, boxing, and much more. You decide what to bet on, points, money lines, planning to parlay your way to a big win. Do it at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Time now for Crash Course presented by Salino Law. Car crash, call Salino, 800-555-5555. I'm sitting there on Twitter the other day. I, I see this text come up about Patrick Maroon, who's in, who's in Minnesota. And Patrick Maroon, we all know what he's done in his career. He's won three Stanley Cups with three different organizations, St. Louis, Tampa Bay. And then did he win with Tampa Bay again? Yeah, he, he won four Cups. He's won four Cups. Yeah. Or three. St. Louis. Then he went to Tampa Bay and he won two Stanley Cups. Oh, maybe it's so it's, it's only and it three. was three cut it was three cups in a row. Because it went St. Louis, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. Maybe. So the guy's played in the league for a long time. He knows what winning's all about. He knows what you know you need in a room to be successful. Um he would would you say that Patrick Maroon understands his role? I'd say that's accurate. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm sitting there reading a tweet the other day, and uh the Boston Bruins are interested in acquiring Patrick Maroon. Thoughts? Like, why Boston? Like, why does Boston looking for Patrick Maroon because they're a contender, they play, but they put, they play aggressive. They, they don't have fighters there. There's, there's not a lot of guys in the team that are fighters, but they have an aggression to their hockey team that they play like that each and every night. Their star players are, are, are a grindy physical you know, drag it through the kitchen type mentality and they win games because of it. And now all of a sudden they want to add Patrick Maroon. And I'm thinking to myself, why are we not going to look for a player like this? You don't think that Patrick Maroon can play 10 minutes with our hockey team and add what we lack so very much. You can't tell me that you can't go give a draft pick or 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 a prospect. You don't even have. You're not giving a first round draft pick for Patrick Maroon. You're not giving a high end prospect. You're you're basically renting a player for for a for a season. 
You're renting a player for the next two-thirds of the season, something that this team desperately needs. You don't think that he can play on our fourth-line left wing right now? I think it would be unbelievable. Now, he's not going to help us score goals, although he was on the power play, (laughs) the second-line power play in Tampa Bay. Okay, Um, He has been known to add offense, but he's a great player. He adds physicality to your team. That's it. Do you like the idea of that? Like, why? Why is he why will am quit I... hockey before he comes here? No way. Okay. 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 How much is he making? How much does he make a year? Let's guess. A million bucks. He yeah, makes a million say, dollars. I was even going to say less. Say like eight hundred, seven fifty. No way he makes eight hundred thousand dollars. Now he took. I'm pretty sure that when he was in Tampa Bay, he took a pay cut because he wanted to play in Tampa Bay. Eight hundred. Right? He makes eight hundred thousand. He makes eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, he was making two million, I think, in St. Louis. Yeah, two million in St. Louis. Then he got traded. Then he went to Tampa. Um. For 900, 900, 900. Yeah. Like, do you know that he has 11 points in 23 games? No, I know. I know. And, and I remember five years ago when we were on the Instigator show, our fan base thought we were, were absolutely stupid. 29 points. He's only won points, three Stanley 42 Cups. 42 points, then. 30 points, 28 points, 23 points, 27 points. Like if Terry is eleven I can't points, believe, I'm sorry. Games. I can't believe if Terry Bagula listens to this podcast, how the fuck has he not hired us? <laughs> I'm I'm dead serious. Like the two constants in this franchise since he's taken over has been him and no physicality, no actually and losing, no, no team. Oh, sorry, three. There's the hat trick. No team identity. No team identity. Patrick Maroon is going to play 10 minutes a night. He's no Tage Thompson. He's not a Jeff Skinner. He's not an Alex Tuck. He's not a, a Cousins. He's not a Paterka or a Quinn or a Middlestat. He is a piece to the puzzle that when shit hits the fan and you've got guys skating around disrespecting your young guys, Patrick Maroon has been in this league for 750 plus games and he knows exactly what he's got to do. He is going to be there for your team. This guy's making 800 grand. We're paying we're paying Tyson Jose 2 million. We're paying Zemgus Gergensen 2 and a half million dollars. Yeah. Now next you year. Tell me, you can't tell me that you can't go and acquire a guy like Patrick Maroon and say, "Listen, we need you more than anything right now. We need you to be ready to play. What are his career earnings? I don't know. What are his career earnings? Two or he made six million on a three year deal. He made another one point seven five, seven five. He's probably made like ten, twelve million. Six, six. It's uh, at the top. Go 12. to twelve. Oh, oh Jesus. Okay. Quit yelling at me then. Why well, why why'd you ask me then? Know how to navigate the fucking site. I'm just looking for I was 13, 13 million. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, you can't tell me you can go and pay him $2 million to come to our team for a two-year deal? That's next year. I'm talking about getting him now. 
He no, he won't let him, not let come him play here out right his eight hundred thousand. He'll quit hockey. For, he'll quit hockey for half a year. There's nothing to do with the city of Buffalo. Has nothing to do with with the team or the organization. Has nothing to do with that. It has to do with. I'm sure somebody would guide him to our podcast and say, "Here, this is where you're going." You know, you decide. They, you know, they're going to love having you, but you know, one man. That's that's it. Just Patrick Maroon. Wow. As you would say, order the fucking rings, Craig, because uh, this guy needs a little support. How about I, how about I, this? I, would, I, have I would bring in Patrick Maroon. You want to get fucking? You want to get crazy? Go get Pat Maroon, and then go get Ryan Reeves from the Leafs, and then go and trade one of your first round picks that are never going to play here are to you Tampa making Bay. A mockery of me, or are you serious? And then trade one of your first round picks to Tampa Bay, okay, and get Tanner Janot. Then or then take two second round picks and send them. Now to you're Colorado. making fun of me. Now you're making fun of me. No, I'm. Yes, you are. Because I Tanner sh- Janot, do you know how much he got traded for? Yeah, Tampa would want some of that back, don't you think? No, 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 no. I want you right I now. I would trade Isaac Rosen right now. Straight up for Tanner Janot. That is the fucking dumbest thing I have ever heard come out of your mouth. Tampa wouldn't accept the trade? Not even close. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, it, it, I mean, Jesus. you you have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, apparently. So, so, so the Tampa Bay Lightning oh. traded Tanner Janot. And at the I time, know, I know at what the they time, tra- Tanner Janot had like three goals. Tanner Janot got traded for Kale Foote. Kale Foot was Tampa Bay's first round defenseman, uh, first round pick, and he was a right handed defenseman. Okay. So they gave up Kale Foot. They gave up a third, they gave up a third round pick. They gave up a fourth round pick. They gave up a fifth round pick all in 2023. They gave up a second round pick in 2024. They're giving a first round pick in 2025. And you think they're you think they're gonna take Rosen? <laughs> so sorry, stupid. yeah, just I, like way off. Hey, That's what you don't Yoki understand. Yoki Haru, Rosen for Jano. Who says no? You need to look for a top four defenseman, and I'm going to oh. tell you that that Yoki Haru is going to be in that deal. You're going to be looking to move Yoki Haru and probably someone else for a defenseman that is going to make your team better. You need to go and get some sort of semblance of toughness okay, and guys that can play, not not slugs that are like Ryan Reeves to me is completely I'm going to give you a player. I'm going to give you a player that I met once. Okay. That I want the, the Sabres to go and get. I've met this kid. We had a great conversation. Okay. And he was a second-round draft pick in the NHL. And if you go look at his junior numbers, they are pretty good. He's big. He's strong. Okay. He's in great shape. And he's bounced around. But he he plays with a ton of game. Okay. Giovanni Smith. You know, I, I, I know who you're talking about. He was in Florida. He was in Detroit. Yeah. Florida. 
And now where is he? San Jose. Now he's in San Jose. Played 142 so, games in the NHL. He is. He's exactly. Okay, exactly I haven't watched him play. And if he can't play, I don't want him. He can don't play. Want him. He can play. What? Like he can skate and put he two, can skate, like he one can handle foot in front of the. He'll body check. He'll fight. I know he's a, he's a big kid. He's very aggressive. I know that. I know he's definitely would would fight, but and he's hungry for he a full time up. Yeah, and he's hungry for a full time opportunity. Interesting. So that's just one guy that I would. I, I mean, we talked about him last year when he was in Florida. I remember talking about him, and I remember like, "Fuck, I met that guy in Toronto." Yeah. And and he was just he kind of came in. He was standing next to me, and he started. He was talking to someone. I said, "You play pro hockey." He had a Red Wings shirt on. And we started talking. Mm-hmm. Told him who I was, and we started talking about fight. Because I remember watching him fight. I'm like, "Who did you fight? You fought someone really tough." And he's like, "Lucic." I I fought Lucic a couple times. That's who I would go get for openers. I get Maroon. I get him. I'd honestly, I would call Toronto and I would say, what do you want for Ryan Reeves? No, I don't want Uh, Ryan Reeves. I don't want Ryan Reeves. I'm going to tell you why. I think Ryan Reeves has a too big of a personality for this young group. Then ask him to tone it down. No, he can't tone it down. This town would fucking love him. His DNA cannot tone it down. He is Buffalo. I don't need oh, Ryan Reeves coming in here you. and acting like he's a superstar. I need just, him to be a supporting tell, staff. Then tell him to not do that. Just tell him. He can't. Just say he doesn't that. have the say, ability. Like, how, uh, how many times have you fucking watched him at the start of the year in Toronto? He's doing all yeah, the interviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's Austin and, Matthews? Where's Mitch Turner? It's Where's been toned down. It's been toned down. Yeah, because, like, I mean, he, it was he embarrassing. played so bad. Well, okay, fine. Fine. If you can dress a, a, def, a seven defenseman and play a young defenseman for four and a half or five or six minutes a night, you can have Ryan Reeves in your lineup and play him for five. I want four. guys. I want guys in this lineup to feel comfortable. I think Owen Powers. He he plays like he's scared out of his friggin' tree right now. He needs to play with a defenseman that'll literally look at him and say, "Listen, man." You do anything that you want on the ice, and I have got your back. You want to cross-check somebody, I'll be there before that guy can even blink an eye. He needs a guy that can support him, a guy that's been in the league for long enough and and is plays a physical brand of hockey. Maybe not a fighter, but just an older, an older guy than 21 years old. Okay. An older guy than 23 years old. Looking for a guy that is established that can play alongside Owen Power and and help him, guide him. And I don't know who that guy is. I have guys in my mind, but I don't want to sit here and say it on the podcast. Okay. Well, but um, you know, we th- there needs to be some some swagger. So 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 Dylan Cousins can go out on the ice and absolutely run somebody and not feel that he has got the pressure of the world of the other team's toughness coming back after him because that's where our guys understand this and intercept it. So it'll be interesting in the next little while. You got a couple weeks before Christmas, the break 
to see what Kevin Adams does. And I really hope that these guys can figure figure something out. And and right now I can I I know exactly I know exactly the way that environment is coming to the rink today. It's heavy. It's really heavy. It's it it's not where they want to be. They're frustrated. They're angry. Um, emotion level is 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 down. But they've got to try and f- no one's gonna no one's gonna help them out. Like you can't look for Kevin Adams oh, yeah. to go heard and all, help we heard them. All these, we heard all these cliches last night. I love the cliches when they come out. I love them. Just you got to find a way. Uh, you just oh, got to uh, find a way. Uh, you got to find one. some sort of of uh, positivity yeah, and no. go with it. Yep. Gut check time. Um, ah, oh, Petey, don't be that guy. Gut check time. All let's find are, solutions. Like we've already shit line, on this team. All lines enough. need to find some answers. It's about will and compete. You know, if we stay consistent, eventually we'll have good results. <laughs> I am going to look for one thing. I am going to know if Jeff Skinner <laughs> listens to this podcast because uh, if he does, for the first time, basically this entire season and probably his entire career, that he is going to back check and be the first no. guy in the back check. Okay. He's going to back check so hard and so tenacious that we're going to know that he listened to this podcast. I'm going to challenge him to something else. Never happened. But you want to know what I would love to see Jeff Skinner do with his fucking $72 million? Go out against Boston and fucking jump Brad Marchand. Jump him. Beat the fuck out of them. Beat them up bad. Don't worry about someone jumping in. Drop your gloves. Grab Marchand. Tune them up. And then then play the rest of the game. That's your challenge if you're willing to accept it. (laughs) Oh, my God. This show will self-destruct in five seconds. All right, that'll do it for this edition of Crash Course. Car Crash, call Salino, 800-555-5555.